Welcome. You are listening to the Audio Information Network of Colorado. This recording is intended to be used solely by individuals with barriers to print. Thank you for joining us for the December edition of the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. We're going to start with a couple of Facebook posts from the Crestone Eagle. This first one is from December 21st. Dear readers, when Crestone Eagle Community Media purchased the Crestone Eagle earlier this fall, we made a commitment to provide trustworthy local news, and a key part of our commitment was to separate rumor from fact and counter the spread of misinformation. In that spirit, we want to report that John Waters, our editor, has resigned, and we have begun our search for a replacement. While the details surrounding John's decision are his to share, Who among us hasn't started a new job only to find out it wasn't the right fit? Similarly, who among us hasn't encountered bumps in the road on the way to starting a new project or developing a new business? So, we move on, and we are very excited about continuing to strengthen our news reporting and beginning the process of expanding our community outreach efforts and geographic coverage to include all of Sawatch County. We'd like to take this occasion to encourage questions, comments, and feedback from you, our readers. Letters to the editor are always welcome, as are informal notes, story ideas, or suggestions. Is it true that? Questions about topics people are talking about, on the street or on social media, will provide material for a new regular column. The best way to contact us is via this email address. Crestone Eagle CM at gmail.com. This was written by the Board of Directors from Crestone Eagle Community Media. And we have this Facebook post from December 22nd looking for a job that really matters. The Crestone Eagle, a nonprofit news outlet serving all of Sawatch County and the northern San Luis Valley, needs an editor and general manager. Basic journalism experience, leadership skills, and a commitment to trustworthy local news is required. Small business or entrepreneurial experience is helpful. Opportunity to grow, develop vision, and build community. Send resume, clips, and or questions to the email address crestoneaglecm at gmail.com. And now turning to the print edition, the December edition of the Crestone Eagle, Baca Grand POA News, Membership Survey Results Ready to Release. This was written by John Rowe. The regularly scheduled meeting of the Baca Grand Property Owners Association Board of Directors happened at 10 a.m. on Thursday, November 17th. Four of five board members were present, with President Diego Martinez absent. Ten members attended the meeting at the hall, and about ten more attended via Zoom. The meeting was preceded by a services appreciation breakfast, giving thanks to the ambulance, fire, and maintenance crews who provide most of the work in the community. About 20 people attended, including Community Manager Jay Walters, Fire Chief Jim Vanderpool, Ambulance Head Joanna Doxson, Land Use Director Chris Weibrow, and Member Services Director Shelley Saunders, and many of the folks who work in those departments. Employees shared food along with lots of conversation and laughter. 
The association management team intends to develop a real sense of esprit de corps among POA employees, and it seems to be working. Several weeks ago, a member survey was emailed out to all members who have an address on file, soliciting feedback, positive and negative, to the association management team. The survey also provided a section for comments, reported to be well utilized. The deadline for returning the survey was November 15th. Results will be available for member viewing on the association website by December 1st. The Crestone Eagle also intends to present a summary of the survey results. It has been several years since any sort of comprehensive survey of the general membership has been undertaken. Some of the commentary is reported to be fairly salty. The POA continues to pursue a strategy of taking care of issues that have been ignored for years. For example, Camper Village has heaters in the laundry and bathhouse that are about 50 years old and dangerous, which will be replaced. One entire wall will need to be replaced as well. Increased camper usage is expected to pay for these things. The golf course clubhouse, now sitting empty for years, needs substantial work to make it usable. Asbestos will need to be removed. Bids to see how much this removal will cost are forthcoming. This is an issue that has come to the forefront as association management is working to provide space for the Crestone Food Bank, which lost its current space this year. Current POA management thinking is that the organization wants to be active in helping the community and will make every effort to try to accommodate the food bank in the clubhouse building, provided it makes financial sense to do so. The POA has also offered space at the ball fields parking lot for the impromptu Thursday afternoon market that lost its current kiosk space earlier this year. The fire department continues its creek mitigation efforts along lower Willow Creek. Residents are advised to look out for well-contained bonfires in the near future as the wood chipper normally used, instead of burning all the refuse, cannot be taken into such tight quarters. Fire Chief Jam... Excuse me. Fire Chief Jim Vanderpool states that the search for more firefighters continues to reach the department's full staff goal of 26. Also, the utilization of fire mitigation grants continues and applying for more grants is in the offing. Ambulance Chief Joanna Doxon is happy to report that an anonymous donor has given the POA $30,000 to purchase a power lift stretcher for the newest ambulance. This increases safety immeasurably as hand lifting a large patient can result in injury for staff and patients alike. Work on a new logo for the BACA continues. Several examples of logos were visible at the meeting. Final selections available for property owner viewing and decision may not be available until next spring. At the November 17th meeting, area resident Mo Van Walligan presented a plan to help the POA to be more a part of the San Luis Valley as a whole and perhaps explore new ways to partner up with other local entities to find new solutions for community challenges and perhaps pursue grants new to the POA. She has helped at least one other local community secure thousands of dollars in grant funding. POA directors were impressed with her presentation and have decided to give her ideas a trial run. Casita Park residents have been active in trying to get more money for the enhancement of Casita Park. POA management will allocate more money to that end, and the residents have secured several thousand dollars via a grant 
to provide shade in the playground by the park entrance. And now turning to Pet Partners column, written by Patrick Moore, Tis the season for the fuzzy cozies and some tips on cold weather animal care. The fuzzy cozies are upon us. No, that's not a new variant of some malady. It's the time of year when we and other animals seek warmth and the company of other beings, whether family, friends, pets, or just those others familiar, uh, familiar to us. During this time of year, it's important to be mindful of changes not only in our own feelings, but also those of animals around us. Perhaps you have noticed that the deer have come down from higher elevations and are now in town and the greater Baca community. They descend for warmer temperatures and still available grazing. And the adults bring their babies who are very cute and very unfamiliar with the terrain and the dangers of cars. We must be mindful of their presence with special considerations until they are taught by their mums to avoid traffic. Please keep an eye out for them and slow down a bit to keep them safe and to better enjoy their cuteness. Our pets also need special considerations during this period. They need to be warm, so if you let them spend extended time outdoors, please make sure they have a warm place to rest during the day and water that is not frozen. Use caution when the temperature drops below 45 degrees Fahrenheit. Below that temperature, it's potentially unsafe for little or medium-sized dogs and cats with thin coats to be outside, but big dogs with heavier coats are probably okay for brief periods. At 10 degrees Fahrenheit or lower, you need to keep an eye on your animals, as it can be potentially unsafe for them to be outside at all, depending on their age, general health, and breed. At 4 degrees Fahrenheit or lower, the cold is potentially life-threatening. Do not leave pets out overnight. Crestone Pet Partners can help with additional and or special animal needs during these frigid months, providing warm blankets, food, and medical care. The fuzzy cozies sometimes give us the urge to adopt a new pet or give one as a gift. Here are some things to be mindful of when bringing a new pet into your life. Always adopt with a long-term view. Can you reasonably expect to care for this animal for the rest of its expected lifespan? Know that the pet will establish strong emotional bonds with you and probably all family members. Never adopt casually. Take your time and be mindful of stability in your home. If this pet is a gift, include the person receiving the new pet in the adoption process. Bonding and chemistry are important elements for adoption success. Never give up or relinquish a pet casually. Think ahead and, if necessary, find a good home for it and hand the pet over personally. A pet has an emotional bond with you for its entire life. So, if the fuzzy cozies strike you, please remember to keep your beloved animals warm, be among family and friends, and contribute to pet partners if you can. Happy holidays and good cheer to all. Crestone Pet Partners is a community-based grassroots organization which provides assistance in all aspects of animal care when needed and where possible. We rely entirely on community volunteers and financial contributions to support the well-being of our pets in the community. 100% of contributions are used for the support of our animals. Pet Partners can be reached at the phone number 719-588-6431.
And we have this column from the Sri Aurobindo Learning Center. Who was Sri Aurobindo? Sri Aurobindo was born in Kolkata, India on 15 August 1872. At the age of seven, he was taken to England for his education. He studied at St. Paul's School, London, and at King's College, Cambridge. Returning to India in 1893, he worked for the next 13 years in the princely state of Baroda in the service of the Maharaja and as a professor in the state's college. In 1906, Sri Aurobindo quit his post in Baroda and went to Calcutta, where he became one of the leaders of the Indian Nationalist Movement. As editor of the newspaper Bandamataram, he put forward the idea of complete independence from Britain. Arrested three times for sedition or treason, he was released each time for lack of evidence. In the midst of his political activities, Sri Aurobindo began the practice of yoga in 1905. Within a few years, he achieved several fundamental spiritual realizations. In 1910, he withdrew from politics and went to Pondicherry in French India, avoiding British rule, to concentrate on his inner life and work. Over the next 40 years, he developed a new spiritual path, the Integral Yoga, whose ultimate aim is the transformation of life by the power of a supramental consciousness. In 1926, with the help of his spiritual collaborator, the mother, he founded the Sri Aurobindo Ashram. His vision of life is presented in numerous works of prose and poetry, among the best known of which are The Life of Divine, the Synthesis of Yoga, Essays on the Gita and Savrita, an epic poem of 724 pages. Sri Aurobindo took Mahasmadi, he died, on December 5, 1950. These articles will present the method of the integral yoga and share some of Sri Aurobindo's shorter poems with the readers. For example, The Bliss of Brahman. I have become a foam-white sea of bliss. I am a curling wave of God's delight, a shapeless flow of happy, passionate light, a whirlpool of the streams of paradise. I am a cup of His felicities, a thunderblast of His golden ecstasy's might, a fire of joy upon creation's height. I am His rapture's wonderful abyss. I am drunken with the glory of the Lord. I am vanquished by the beauty of the unborn. I have looked alive upon the Eternal's face. My mind is cloven by His radiant sword. My heart by His beatific touch is torn. My life is a meteor dust of His flaming grace. The Meditation Dome of the Sri Aurobindo Learning Center will be opening for meditation and contemplation in December from the hours between 10 a.m. and 3 p.m. The dome is heated to a comfortable temperature, but we do have blankets available should you need additional warmth. Please come prepared to be shoeless. You might like to bring warm socks. To make special arrangements or ask any questions, please call 310 the Sri Aurobindo Learning Center at 84 Baca Grant Way in Crestone provides a spiritual knowledge center that offers the study and realization of the integral yoga of Sri Aurobindo and the Mother, 
through individual and collective experience. As an integral and inclusive community, we support one another through love, compassion, truth, consciousness, and service. SALC envisions a new human humanity of true collective harmony based on mankind exceeding its current limitations of mind, life, and body through the finding of the soul, the spiritualization of the mind, and ultimately exceeding mind through the descent of the supramental manifestation of truth into matter. SALC makes available to the public a variety of events and retreats for spiritual advancement, cultural enrichment, and shared learning. The Sri Aurobindo Learning Center is a 501c3 nonprofit organization. For more information, visit www.sriaurobindolearningcenter.org. Now turning to this article written by Mary Lowers, Antonito celebrates community and faith through time-worn holiday traditions. The picturesque railroad town of Antonito, Colorado, at the south end of the San Luis Valley, has long been a center of traditional Norteño culture. Antonito's holiday traditions are focused on family and faith-centered traditions that date back centuries. The San Luis Valley is often bitterly cold in the winter, and the biting breath of the fierce winds blows up and down the streets and around the brick and adobe buildings. The gloominess of the season is illuminated by farolitos lining the sidewalks, which give off a soft, warm light. Farolitos are often made by filling a paper bag with sand about one-third of the way, putting a votive candle in the sand and lighting it, and folding the top to seal it against the wind. You will also see luminarias, small bonfires made of stacked juniper, cedar, and pinon. These warm and light the way for holiday veteran revelers as they make the rounds of the town representing the religious belief that Jesus Christ was bringer of light into the world. Late on a cold winter's night before Christmas, you may encounter groups called parandas, going house to house singing Christmas carols. The singers are invited into each home for warming drinks and holiday treats. When the group leaves, family members from each of the homes visited join the carolers as they serenade the town. By late in the evening, there is a large choir of joyful carolers filling Antonito with the spirit of the season. Also in the Norteña holiday tradition, Homemade tamales and spicy pozole, a rich chili stew made with hominy, are featured. Parandas, carolers, and los posados actors are to be offered sweet bizcochitos, traditional Christmas cookies made with lard and empanadas, stuffed with ground meat, raisins, and spices. Martha Abeda, secretary at Our Lady of Guadalupe Catholic Church in Conejos, the church for Antonino, shared that the annual weekend-long celebration of the Feast of Our Lady Guadalupe was to be held from Friday, December 9th to Sunday, December 12th, in and around this beautiful church, one of the oldest in Colorado. Uh, Beta notes that on the evening of December 9th, the VFW do a gun salute outside the church, and then everyone hears Mass in the church. Following the service, people go to the parish hall to celebrate together, breaking piñatas and eating Frito pies and ice cream. On Saturday, the celebrations honoring the Guadalupe last all day and night. There's a fair of local vendor booths, and at night there's a dance where a king and queen are, co- are crowned. The king and queen collect money to honor Las Mananitas, who are the helpers in the parish. On Sunday, a mass dedicated to the Lady of Guadalupe is held.
la Sociedad Protección Mutua de Trabajadores Unidos, Society for the Mutual Protection of United Workers, was organized in 1900 in Antonito by Hispanic Americans to fight back against racial and discriminatory practices and predatory land grabs by Anglos. The group collected funds to help those less fortunate in the town, holding holiday parties and charity events. The Sociedad's Hall, built in 1905, still stands on the main street in downtown Antonito. In August of 2022, the Society accepted a grant of $617,838 from History Colorado, increasing the total restoration budget for the hall to $1.3 million. In Antonito today, Joyce and Dan Lopez, a.k.a. Mr. and Mrs. Santa, work to make sure no child goes without a Christmas. For the last eight years, they have put on festive clothes outfits and fired up the antique fire truck. The fire department, emergency workers, sheriff, and members of the VFW followed them in a festive and loud parade down the main street to the water park, where families drive by for mobile gifting. This year, there were 300 gift bags to give away. Local merchants and businesses, along with Toys for Tots, all contribute to this community celebration, which this year happened on December 18th and featured a visit from Santa Claus and a Christmas luncheon. The church holds a Mass at 10 p.m. on Christmas Eve, complete with a posada play. Antonita's holiday traditions hold the community together and bring joy, laughter, and warmth in the depths of winter. The parish is in the process of constructing a labyrinth made of adobe, el santuario de los pobladores, that is located next to the church. And now looking at Out and About with Lori Sunflower, who asked, What have you learned from Kizen over the years? By the way, Kizen Locke created the Crestone Eagle in December of 1989 and was the publisher and editor, as well as contributing writer, photographer, and who knows what else until her retirement in September of this year. Much gratitude for her tireless commitment to this publication and to our community for three-plus decades. Lori Nagel says, Over the last decade, Kizen taught me how to be a better photographer through her inspiring and heartfelt words, how to be a better and more concise writer, and she inspired this out-and-about column back in December of 2015 when she suggested I just take random pictures of people while I was out-and-about to put in the paper. I'm not sure this column was quite what she had in mind, but I think it worked out okay. Thanks for everything, Kizen. I appreciate you and will miss you so much. Nakia Lilly, Kizen's daughter, says, Kizen Locky taught me the value and importance of giving of yourself in loving service to others and that doing so can have far-ranging and long-lasting impacts. Gussie Fontleroy says, She's taught me by example that putting our effort and time and energy for something for its intrinsic, intrinsic value and for the love of it rather than for money can be worth more can be more than worth it. Like the eagle, for all those years, there's the value of creating and maintaining connections within the community and providing information and news about this place that we love. The heart in what you do can be a gift and blessing in itself. And Nick Navarra says, Kizen is an inspiration in service. Every month creating such an incredible newspaper was 1,000% a labor of love, and she did it to better our entire community. 
I worked for the Eagle when I first came to Crestone and was constantly inspired by the incredible environment that Kissing created for us to thrive and succeed. John Rowe says, Really quite a bit. I've enjoyed knowing her and feel like she's enriched my life. One of the first things I learned from her is that you really become what you do, so you ought to do what you do well. And she has become the editor and the publisher of one of the cores of the community, if not the core. And I've learned things about covering people, how to be critical when it's appropriate, and when to take it easy and be kind when it's not. The way she's lived her life has been inspirational. She's very wise and has very good judgment. And Shoshana Asha says, What I learned from Kizan is, Stay cool and collected, regardless of the circumstances. This sums it up pretty well. And that's all we have time for today. Thank you for joining us for the Crestone Eagle. My name is Paula Vaughn. If you enjoyed this program, please register for our free services at www.aincolorado.org or by calling 303 786